Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Straighter to run. Skips out of a tackle. He's at the 50. Cuts back at the 45. Running room 40 down the middle. 35, 30. Straighter to go. 25, 20, 15, 10. Five and in. Garrett Straighter. A blur. Up ahead to Buddy. A foot fake. A three. He's got it. And the Orange are up a half dozen. Straighter takes. It's a two-man rush. Straighter steps up. Pop pass up in the middle. Hunter's got it. Ruby run. 15, 10. Hit. Hit in. Bernard's touchdown. Up ahead, it's Jimmy Beheim before the defense is set. He lets it rip. Book it for Jimmy. Snap back. Trader hit on the release. Ball's down the seam left. Alfred reaches up. He's got it. He's into the end zone. He's off the Never Never Land. Oh, my. Benny Williams up in the air. Blocking a shot in the next week. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. Tommy Hogan. They see it. They see it. What's going on, everybody? It's Double Down on your Wednesday. Thanks for riding with us. Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan here with you. Packed show. So we really don't have time to screw around. Packed show. We got NFC divisional round picks coming up first. We got Patty Casey from the Syracuse basketball team, the white whale of Double Down, one of the original white whales of Double Down. And then, of course, we'll go over and do the AFC as well. Um, Tommy, how excited are you for your boy, Patty Casey? Mike, I have reeled in one of my white whales, whales, and I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a guy that we have wanted for a long time, and we finally got him. It's Patty Casey, Carly Rae Jepsen, and Doyen Akintobi out of AA, and it will now be cut to two. It should be a lot of fun. He is a Scranton, Pennsylvania native that grew up idolizing Jerry McNamara, and that is why he is here. So he's got Syracuse basketball in his blood, in his veins, and he finally was able to make that dream come true, Mike. It should be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm fired up. I've notably called him Patty Murphy multiple times on air, and now there is a dog. My girlfriend's dog's running around the apartment I'm in right now. Her name is Murphy, so if I call him Patty Murphy, that would be really tough, but it might happen. Also, I'd like it on the record that I'm going to have four absolute money picks in the show today, and I've been to two states and two countries today, so credit to me for battling through that to still bring the people of Double Down what they need. I'll give you credit for that. There you go. Prepping you. while on the road. Thank you. Well done. Appreciate that. That's the that's um, the hard work we put in here at uh on, on double down, dude. Yeah, and we're humble, which is the best part about it. Like if you're yes. if you're humble, it's only gonna be a, a more it's only gonna be a better show at the end of the day. We only um, say that right, let's, the person sitting on media row only says they're sitting on media row once a game day show. That's humble. Yeah. We're a humble bunch. Speaking of humble, I've hit seven of my last seven NFL picks. So if you're out there listening and you're like, oh, I, I have true. FanDuel Sportsbook on my phone. I don't know what I want to do. I've hit seven of my last seven and 12 of my last 13 or 11 of my last 12. Absolutely murdered the NFL slate on Divi- or on Super Wildcard Weekend. So we're going to jump in. NFC divisional playoffs. Tommy, you want to start with the little San Francisco Green Bay or Los Angeles Tampa Bay? What are you what are you feeling right now? What's going to be the best pick off the top? Let's start off with the Niners Packers game, Mike. This is uh the Saturday night game, so it's the second game that we'll see this weekend. It's going to be a really really good game in Lambeau. It's supposed to be freezing, Mike. 2 degrees in Lambeau Field, Green Bay, Wisconsin Saturday night. Um 
I've got a stat here for you that'll go along with my pick. I was wondering what that um was. It had to I was be a trying, stat um. Yeah, I was trying to think how I wanted to do this. Of course, I'm going to go to the verbal diarrhea stat machine here. Underdogs are 23-12-1 against the spread in the divisional round against one seeds. Whoa. <laughs> Wild. Digging much for that, are we? Yes. Yes, we are. So, so are you telling me that you're going to take the fighting Jimmy Garoppolo's plus six on the road in Lambeau? I'm ta- that's exactly what I'm telling you. I am taking the fighting, fighting Jimmy Garoppolo's on the road in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers, who is still on his FU tour. Let's not forget that. That's kind of gone by the wayside. This is Aaron Rodgers' FU tour. Don't care. Debo Samuel is doing unbelievable things with the Niners lately. He's their best running back. He's their best wide receiver. And at sometimes, he's their best quarterback. He's a machine out there right now. This season, he's a first-team All-Pro. He's been spectacular. I like the Niners plus six. I'm not going to get crazy. There's some people that like him outright money line. I'm not getting crazy with it. But they have won seven of their last nine games. They're playing red hot right now. Give me the Niners, Mike. I think you're a I think you're a maniac. I'm not gonna I'm not taking the side, but I think picking against Aaron Rodgers at home while he's on his FU tour, like who cares what your stupid little stat says? That is a you have to admit that's a maniac play. For the Niners who have played really good football, who run the football well, this is a cold weather game. If you run the football well, that not only travels what best in the cold weather, but it keeps the ball out of the opposing offense's hands, and that's exactly what you have to do against this Green Bay team. I think it's a really good matchup for the Niners. I think it's a horrible matchup right. for the Packers. I do like the Niners a lot to make this a close game. So, my little stat, the under has hit in outdoor playoff games 64% of the time when it's set at 46 or 47 it is hit a ton at this number when this number has been there and it's been an outdoor game, the unders hit. So that's my trend that I'm going with, but also, I mean, as you said, the Packers run defense has been well-documented. They have not been good, but I think that they've been become a pretty good tackling team towards the end of the season. I think the Niners cold. defense is going to be decent. What'd you say? It's going to be cold. Whether you're a good it's be cold, but whether yeah. you're a good tackling team down the stretch, it's going to be two degrees in green Bay. I don't know if that can Boom. continue. You have to be yes, really good. But it's cool for everybody, dude. And also weather's gonna be a factor. So this this over or this total might end up rising. So I'm, I might wait and bet it again. I'm taking the under 46 and a half. I'm hoping that it climbs up to like 48 when the game actually starts because the weather report comes in nasty. So I'm going under 46 and a half in Packers Niners. It's a really big contrast to um, Rams bucks in the sense that it's two of the top or two of the bottom five teams in the league in pace. It is going to be a game that is played very slow for the cold, but also just because scheme wise, these are two teams that don't play the game fast. So that's why the total is a little low and I'm rolling with under 46 and a half. I like the under here too, Mike. I'm not putting on my board, but I'll say this. Here's a stat to help you back it up. Totals hit the under in five of the Niners last six games. So not only your stat of 64% in uh, outdoor games, of hitting the under, but the Niners have that trend going as well. And by the way, last week, if you listened to Double Down, you would know that I was going with the totals because I wanted to see how these teams were playing in the playoffs. 
Three of my my four picks, including this first one, are on sides. I now have gotten a look at how these teams are playing, and I can feel better about if they're playing up during the playoffs or not. And the Niners are one of those teams that I saw over the weekend play up, and I think they're going to cover. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone loves a good side. All right, let's jump into Perfect. the second NFC game. Rams, Bucks. Bucks are favored by three. The total set at 48. Uh, Rams on the money line is only plus 126. The Bucks on the money line on FanDuel Sportsbook is minus 148. I'll go first. I like the Rams. I hate that I like the Rams, but I do like the Rams. Sean McVay is... I'm not saying his job's on the line, but this is a lot of like, okay, he has all the pieces... What has Sean McVay really done in his career? With all the moves the Rams made and also just with how they smoked the Cardinals, like that was a show-up game on Monday. I think Sunday they are going to be in prime form. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I'm happy to take plus three, especially because if they lose by three, I push. So I'm taking the Rams with three points over the Bucks. That's interesting that you brought up Sean McVay because there's an article I read earlier this week, Mike, that ESPN put out saying their 10 bold predictions for the NFL offseason, and one of them was that either Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, or Sean McVay go to the broadcast booth. And I that was the headline, and that's what made me read it, because Sean McVay's under 45 years old, like, just started coaching. He's been a head coach for what? This is fourth year as a head coach? So that stunned me, but their point was, that's why they think the, the Rams are all in right now because he wants to get that Super Bowl and kind of go with the John Gruden route, go to the booth. That way you kind of go the supply and demand sort of thing like, oh, he, he could just get any job that he wants after being in the booth for a decade just like uh, Gruden did because everybody Rams, just wants to have Especially if they win this game, like if you're in – if you're in the the Super Bowl or one game from the Super Bowl, don't you think that is the job he would want? I have no idea, but that's just a headline I saw. You brought up McVay and how he'd be coaching for his job, which I don't agree. But like, no, I'm there saying must he's be not sort, coaching for his job. There must be some sort of rumblings though of him wanting to go to the booth and not totally being all in on coaching. I don't know. A headline you that got clickbaited. You got rickrolled by an ESPN mean? article. ESPN Plus. Read it. I can try to find it again. Oh, you but, paid, you paid oh, to yeah. get rickrolled by an article. Oh, yeah. All right, give your How pick. You we got a guest to get to. Earlier this week, I put a future on the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl at plus 750. So I am rolling with the Rams in this game as well. Tom Brady's on the opposite sideline, so I'm betting on the opposite sideline is Tom Brady. Give me the Rams money line. Wow. Yeah. All right. Rams plus 126. I don't think that's enough juice. Like, I think that... Don't care. It sucks that you're not getting better plus money. All right. Well, we have Patty Casey. He's on the line. He's going to hop in. We'll be right back. This is Double Down on ESPN Radio. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. All right, welcome back to Double Down on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan now joined by what we deemed as a white whale. All of a sudden, <laughs> one day, we were like, we need Patty Casey on our show from Syracuse men's basketball team, and Patty is here. Tommy has been smiling for like 48 hours. Pumped. 
finally was able to reel you in, Patty. You were a white whale. And yeah. I, I want to address that first and kind of the origin and maybe if you were starting to hear about it because where it all started was the orange versus white game. It's not called Midnight Madness anymore, right. but that's what it used to be called. And I looked through the roster and all of a sudden there's a guy named Patty Casey with two D's in it. And that sticks out, of course. That's yeah, the team yeah, I'm rolling not, not This is talented. the walk-on, the fan favorite we're all going to like this year. So I hopped on the Patty Casey bandwagon first, and then all of a sudden we're seeing a Syracuse.com article, a Noon's Magician article about you. So I had to get you on this show. Did you start hearing about us and us wanting to have you on the show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the tweets about it. It was it was pretty funny, I think, uh, probably after the exhibition games, right? Yeah. Was, when I made like my first actual appearance against another team. So um, I think I saw a tweet around the orange and white game. Just, um, you know, I was pretty excited. I'll, I'll admit, I, I went to Twitter. I searched my name. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was there. They accused people, you know, talking about me, but yeah, you were, you were the first people that kind of came up. So um, yeah, it was, it was funny. All those, all those memes and everything are pretty funny. So um, yeah, I was just so- through Twitter and then I think I favorited a tweet. So <laughs> So Tommy said that obviously he noticed it, your name first. He was like, Patty Casey, sweet name. Yeah, is your yeah. birth name Patty with two Ds? No, it's a pretty common question I get. My my real name is Patrick Casey. Um, I'm named after yep, my dad. I'm a junior. So, yeah, <laughs> so have, it's not have you like ever had, either. Have yeah. you ever had nicknames? Or does everyone just call you Patty because like it's such a cool nickname? <laughs> no, I mean, I wish I had like a cooler story. A lot of people think Patty, like it's an origin, like... I don't know. There's a reason why I would go by Patty instead of Pat or Patrick, but, um, from the jump, my parents just, it was always Patty. So, um, and I really haven't had any other nicknames. It's what I've gone by my whole life. And people will ask if I'm going to like transition to Pat when I get a job or like become older (laughs) and like more professional, I guess. But no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Patty. I think it's too late to change now. I get the same questions with Tommy, so I think that's the move. I think we got to stick with it, dude. Mm-hmm. Just stick with Tommy. Stick yeah, with dude, Patty. don't compare yeah. Tommy and Patty. Patty is way cooler. Than Tommy. It's the same thing, though. I get questioned: Am I going to switch to Tom? Am I going to switch no, yeah. to Thomas? No. Yeah. I'm sticking with right. Tommy. I like Tommy. That's what I've gone by my whole life. I'm going to stick with that. But Patty, yeah, I want I want to get to I want to get to why you're at Syracuse, and we saw in those two mm-hmm. articles that were out to start the season about you. You're from Scranton. You grew up loving Jerry McNamara, and you're sitting in your bed, I believe, or, or on your couch with a couple of your friends, and all of a sudden you get a call from Jerry McNamara saying, we've got a spot for you. Will you come play for us? So we know that, but um, how has it been now being coached by right. the guy you've always wanted to be around basketball-wise? Um, I mean, it's been amazing. A lot of it early on, I will admit, like, I guess it was – I mean, when a childhood hero, like one of your favorite athletes growing up, you're around him every day and he's coaching you is sort of an adjustment. And, um, I mean, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's such a good coach for all of us. And I spend a lot of time with him because he, he runs the guards group at practice. So, um, whether it's workouts before practice or during practice, we, we spend the most time with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been so, so good to me. He's G max strikes such a good balance of, um, you know, he cares so much about you off the court, but then he, he also expects a lot of you on the court. So, um, I mean, the whole guards group loves him. We love working with him. Um, and he's definitely, you know, I've gotten more comfortable being around him and it's not as much like, Oh my God, there's GMAC. It's, it's, it's my assistant coach every day. And, um, you know, he's helped me out so much and he's been so good to me since I got here. So 
um yeah i mean that that was one of like the cliche like oh a dream come true is like even just getting a phone call from him meeting him but now um you know being around him every day and him being her coach it's it's pretty surreal but um yeah it's been the best are you used to it yet like stepping into Syracuse and you you know know so much about it mm-hmm. but then you step in and and the competitions there and the talents there and the coach Bayheim and all that and I'm sure for a little bit it was rattling but how long did it take you to really just that was just a normal day on a daily basis you were a Syracuse basketball um, player to be honest with you to answer that question I've, I've kind of tried my best to make it not normal if that makes sense like I'm trying to still you know um channel that, that little kid that never really thought I'd be here. So, um, you know, when I'm practicing in the mellow center or the carrier dome, or we're going on these road trips, it's pretty easy with the day to day, like the schedule, um, you know, we're on month three or four now of the season and we're practicing every day. So like you said, it, it could become normal. And I definitely have days where I'm not as you know nervous going into each practice, obviously, as I was, um, in September or whatever, but I've tried my best to really um you know take a step back before each each game and just be like you know realize that i never really thought i'd be here and now that i'm playing at the carrier dome with the syracuse jersey on it's it's like the biggest dream come true of all time so um yeah i mean the nerves have definitely subsided a little bit but i I try and remind myself to really appreciate each, each step of the way What's it like now playing for Coach Beheim, Patty? Because we see him on the sideline. He'll get active with the refs. He'll get active with the players. He's not afraid to get in players' faces. Have you experienced that yet? Have you, I guess, got initiated by Coach and got screamed at in practice or anything like that yet? Uh, not. I haven't really. Like he, he instructs us, sort of, but um, I haven't gotten like screamed at or anything. Okay. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a specific story about that, but. Um, it, it, that's like, that was one of the bigger adjustments. Like Michael, with that question you asked, like playing for coach Beheim, obviously he's, he's such a legend. He's been doing it for so long that, um, when I first got here, I was like, Oh my God, that, that's coach Beheim. But, um, now in practice each day, we're, we're kind of doing the same things and, and, um, all of his instruction is, um, you know, he's pretty funny. Like he has a lot of quotable lines, but, um, you know, he's such a great coach. So being a practice every day. It's, it's pretty funny. We're here with Patty Casey from the Syracuse men's basketball team on double down on ESPN radio. So we have a Q sports talk.com chat going right now. And we said we'd ask all their questions. This is completely yeah. unrelated to anything we've talked about. Are you a game of Thrones fan? Well, yeah, yeah. I have the Stark flag here. I want, I want the opposite. Well, oh, I'm an Stark idiot. Flag right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured that that'd be brought up, but yeah, I watched all Game of Thrones. I think I caught up after like season four, so I watched it live from there. So um, I've had that poster for like five years, so just decorate the room a little bit. Patty, it seems like on every Syracuse roster, there's a walk-on that the fans will grab a hold of, and that's the fan favorite for the year. As soon as you said, yes, I'll play on the team, did you know that you were going to be the guy? <laughs> did you have that feeling? <laughs> no, I really didn't. Um, honestly, I, I hadn't paid too much attention to like Syracuse Twitter. I knew how, I mean, passionate the fan base was coming in and, and how close of attention they pay to, you know, the entire team. But um, the fan favorite thing, obviously I knew that was sort of a thing in a lot of programs where it's kind of pinned on the walk-on who, whoever, you know, um, 
you know, the, the fan base sort of gravitates to, but I don't even know, like if I would necessarily be a fan favorite over, over other walk-ons. So, I mean, Chris Laval had the best moment of, of any walk-on this season by far. True. So, uh, yeah. So obviously we've heard a lot about the Bayheim brothers and that's always the story and all that good stuff. But tell me about the Casey brothers and are they jealous of what you've got going on right now? And what was it like just growing up playing basketball with your brothers all the time? Yeah. Um, so I'm one of six, it's five boys in a row. And then I have one little sister, Kate, who's 11. Um, she's actually starting her basketball career, um, currently. So look out for her. She's on the come up, but we go. Uh, my older brother, Bobby, he played at Williams College in Massachusetts. And then um, Jimmy's a year younger than I am. So three of us within um, that time span, we always played two-on-one, one-on-one tournaments, whatever. Um, we had a mini hoop in our, in our uh, bedrooms growing up. So it's always pretty competitive. We had a hoop again in the back here uh, in our backyard. So as, as you may like figure, there's a lot of fights, a lot of competitive, um, you know, battles in those settings. But, um, yeah, I mean, yes, about like jealousy. I'm, I'm pretty lucky that we've always been super, super supportive of each other. Um, when my brother played in college, I watched every one of his games and, and I pulled for him as much as, you know, anybody. And uh, my entire family has been super, super supportive. And they also, um, will definitely tell you that, um, like I've kind of echoed throughout this entire, you know, my answering these questions, it's like, we can't really believe you know, what's happening. It's a lot of like pitching yourself and, um, they're kind of just, um, coming along for the ride too. And they've really enjoyed it and enjoyed coming to games and everything. So, um, they've been super supportive. Patty, this has been a debate now this week, or I think it was early or maybe last week it started. I think Mike may know where I'm going here. There has been a fan at the Syracuse game. That oh, yells, question. this is the guy to ask. I just realized this is the guy I got to ask about this. There's a fan at the Syracuse game, a Syracuse fan, that will yell at the opposing team's bench to sit down when they're cheering on their team. Have you been yelled at by fans at opposing arenas to sit down when you're cheering on your team? Or even at, uh, at the Carrier Dome because Syracuse fans will yell at other Syracuse fans to sit down. <laughs> Has that happened? And if so, will you please flip them off the next time it does? <laughs> um, I don't know if that'd be the best look with, with that response. Blame but, it on uh, me, Patty. I, first, of all, first of all, I haven't, I haven't heard this fan at the dome. Honestly, um, this is the first I'm hearing of this. So it's, at the, it's the opposing that. bench. So it's on, it's opposite okay, you guys. Yeah, so I don't think you would hear them. Hear yeah. Right. So, but he's yelling. It's been at the Florida state game now and the Clemson game where the they'll, thing, yeah. they'll be up cheering for their teammates. And there's a fan telling them to sit down because they can't see the game as there's a gigantic jumbotron at the 50 yard. Oh, so it's like it's like a serious thing. It's serious. not like heckling. It's like no, no, no. With okay. anger, Patty. Um, this guy is. Yeah, it's like I can't see. Yeah. because you guys are enjoying <laughs> the game too much. Yeah. Um. I mean, to answer your question, we we get the walk-ons especially because we're towards the end of the bench and and we're usually close to the student section. We get heckled with a lot of like you know one-liners about you still have your warm-up on all that type of stuff and. Um, I usually, I'm too shy to like go back and say something back to them, but, um, some of the other walk-ons will like engage in it and, and have pretty funny, like back and forth. But I haven't encountered anyone who is seriously, um, Good. upset with us, like standing up and blocking their view. So. Good. It's pathetic that this guy's doing it and it's, it's bothering me a lot. So I had to ask a guy 
that is on those benches really, if he it's actually really gets it. To Tommy. it it's yeah. bothering me a ton. One more for you here, Patty, before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, will you or do you have a Coach Bam impression now that you have been around the program for a uh, a couple months? I really don't. No? I'm sorry to say. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty bad. I mean. Yeah, there's definitely guys on the team that have pretty funny ones. Uh, and I'd say probably like Cole Swider is the best one. There's some good um, ones. I think he actually did it. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Done it. One more for um, you, actually. One more, one more, since yeah. you don't have an impression. How does it work out with the walk-ons, Patty, between the first and the second row of the bench? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I was going to bring that up, the fact that I'm uh, second row. That I could maybe adopt that strategy and start yelling at the guys in the front row that can't see <laughs> exactly. the game when, they, when they're standing up and cheering for us. Yeah. But, um, it's really not like, I mean, right now there's usually one seat for a walk-on in the front row, and we give that to usually Chris Laval or, or Snick, Nick Giancola, we call him Snick, because okay. um, they've been here the longest, so it's kind of like a seniority thing. And then as far as the second row goes, every seat back there is kind of the same. So, I mean, you're not going to complain about it. We're literally like six inches off the court and have the best view in the house, so. Um, do you yeah, think that if really we like a- made a game Patty Murphy day and like made a big deal about, or Patty Murphy, geez, Patty oh Casey my God, day, did it. Knew I was Patty oh, Murphy. Wow. Um, if we made a day Patty Casey day, <laughs> do you think the guys would give you the front row? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, All right, we'll see. We might have to look into it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we'll I can definitely, right, definitely bring that up. Yeah. For Patty Murphy day. All right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I hate myself. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. This is Patty Casey on ESPN Radio. He'll stick around for a minute on QSportsTalk.com, but this is Double Down. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, know when to run. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. Sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done Every gambler knows That the secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep all right, we're back. Last segment of Double Down on ESPN Radio. Tommy's going to text me what the out is. We have yep. to dive into NFC. Or we already did NFC, so we have to j- jump into we go. AFC playoffs. We'll start with the Bengals and the Titans. Two picks each to round things out. I'll make it simple. I'm on the Titans. Minus three and a half. This game is like just super average compared to the rest of the uh, playoff slate that's still left. Based, you know, you have the two real teams, the Bills and the Chiefs, the two Super Bowl contenders in one side of the AFC. And then you have the two average teams. Obviously, Colts are out, Chargers are out, like Patriots are out. There's really nothing to look for. I'm just taking the Titans because I like their defense and getting Derrick Henry back. It's going to be pretty simple. I think that three and a half is an easy cover. Um, I'm a little worried about it, but I, I do like three and a half. I'm on the opposite side here. By the way, Mike, let's get out of here at 44. But we're, uh, I'm on the Bengals, Mike. Plus three and a half. I know they're on the road. It actually will be chilly in Nashville. It's going to be about 35, 40 degrees uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. But I I like it's the Bengals. Chilly. 
What? 35, 40 degrees is yeah. not chilly. What is it then? For football, that is not chilly at all. That would That's like perfect weather, I would say. If you're a fan, I mean, in any other time, player, that's chilly. I think that's perfect weather. Whatever, dude. Are we really going to argue about this? I said 35 to 40 degree weather is chilly, and you're going to say, no, that's not chilly. What is chilly to you, Mike Lear? Right now, chilly is in the is in the 30s, high 20s, low 30s. So by 5 degrees, by 5 degrees is what you're going to start an argument. 5 was, to 10 degrees. Oh, my God. Give me a break, dude. <laughs> I can't believe that's the worst argument in the history of the show. We've had some horrible arguments. Okay, if whoever's calling that game opens up and is like, a chilly Nashville, then sure, I'll give it to you. How about this? Is it chilly for Nashville? I yes. guess. What does that have to do with the game? Because you wouldn't think it was going to be 35 to 40 degrees in Nashville. Usually you could say, oh, it's going to be a little hotter. Maybe you don't need a, a rushing offense because that's what you think about in the playoffs. You need defense and rushing offense because it would be colder. Dude, that weather is not impacting the game. That is a non-factor. Whatever, man. I like the Bengals plus three and a half. They've got the best <laughs> unit on that field, and that's going to be their uh, passing offense. Give me the Bengals plus three and a half. Don't care about Derrick Henry. All right. All right. A chilly 40 degrees really going to impact the weather. Like, it's going to be a weather game. It's going to be the story of the weekend. Um, Let's jump into the other one, the fun one, the one that people in this area care about. Bills, Chiefs. Go ahead, Tommy. You can kick things off. This is going to be a fun one. Sal Capaccio was on earlier this week with Brent, and he had a great point. The Bills built their roster to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They got pass rushers to get after the quarterback. And that is what won them the game earlier this year. They just kept getting after Patrick Mahomes, and obviously they can sling it around on offense. However, the difference in this game is there is no Trey Davius White, their best corner, an all-pro corner. I think that's going to be a real difference maker in this game. Nobody there to lock up Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to stay away from it because this is a fun bet. Give me the over in this one. I'm staying away from a side. Give me over 54 and a half. Mikey teasers, playoff teasers are three or two and zero oh going into the second week of Small the playoffs. Small sample size. So I'm going, I'm going back to the teaser. I'm doing the opposite. I am teasing the Bills to plus seven and a half, and I'm getting the under at sixty and a half, which I think that is just amazing numbers to get. You're getting through some key numbers. The fact that I'm getting the Bills at plus six or plus seven and a half is incredible. They could lose by a touchdown, and that's still a winning teaser right there. So um, I think that's that's the safest play of the weekend. That's actually my favorite play. That's a two-unit teaser just for the folks back home. Two-unit teaser, Bills and Chiefs. You couldn't see this game because- in the 30s? I think it's going to be a shootout. You're betting on it to be... That's also not a fun bet that you're rooting for less points in a game between Josh Allen Dude, and Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's not it's fun. 30 to 28, I'm still covering the under. Good job. That's good math. I'm telling you, I think this game is going to be in the 30s, therefore you will not be. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that that's like the blind, I'm not really thinking about the number or the fact these two teams have legit defenses. The Bills only allowed 20 points to the Chiefs when they faced off earlier in the season. I think that's just like you wanting it to be the over. So you're chasing an over because you want it to be a fun game, but you're not actually looking at the game and making a good pick. 
I don't like that you're betting for less points in a game between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Have have some fun. Dude. I'm betting to make money. That's all I'm don't doing. Be. I'm just betting to make money. Have some fun one right. time. Don't be all about the dollar bills, <laughs> Mike Lear. Jeez. I'm all about the dollar bills. We'll be back on Monday. No show tomorrow. This was Double Down on ESPN Radio.